Turn with me in your Bibles and remain standing to the book of Genesis chapter number 40, excuse me, 39. Genesis chapter number 39. We will go into chapter number 40. But Genesis chapter number 39. I'm going to start reading with verse number 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took everything, took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended the royal master. And Pharaoh became angry with these two officials. And he put them in prison where Joseph was and in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night and no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead, tell me your dreams. Father God, reveal to us what you have for us today. And God, may each one of us be able to unravel the mystery and to see clearly what you have for us. And you want us to be full of you, full of you. And may we leave full of it today, full of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray it done. And everybody said a big amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you know of some people that are full of it. And I'm talking about full of it from a negative standpoint. I've, I've met some of those people. Just a warning to self that there's been a few times that I've probably been full of it. You gotta be careful. And so you know what I'm talking about there, but then there's also some individuals that sometimes are full of it in a positive sense. Um, they seem to be full of positive things, full of it whatever that may be. We have one of our staff members that is full of it, uh, Michael Bergstrasser. That dude is full of information, full of knowledge. I mean, it can just be random things that he knows that I'm like, how do you know that? I mean, from movies to pop culture to whatever it may be, it's quite amazing. He is full of it. There's also this term that people use that they've got it. I was listening to football this past week and they were talking about a certain player on the field and the commentator was referencing that that player has it, it. And when they say that, what they mean is that 
That person might not necessarily be more talented, more gifted than the other persons on the field, but they just seem to have a knack. They just seem to have an ability. They just seem to always rise to the top. That is also used in the business world. Some people just seem to have it. There's something about them that they, some people have that personality. They have skill set. They just seem to have it. They might not look like they got a whole lot more talent than somebody else, but it seems like they just always seem to rise to the top. And Joseph, he seemed to have it. It doesn't matter what happened in his life. He seemed to land on his feet. It didn't matter what was going on. He seemed to rise to the top. I mean, you could take him and strip him of his coat of many colors, his favored symbol from his father and throw him in a pit and sell him off into slavery, but yet he would seem to rise to the top. He could be wrongly convicted of a crime that he did not commit, again, thrown into prison, yet he still seems to rise to the top. You can forget about him, lie about him. He just always landed on his feet. Joseph had it. And why did he have it? From what you see in the text that we've been reading over the last couple of weeks, he had it because the Lord was with Joseph. And the more you are with God, the more you are going to have what really matters in life. And I think that we need to be full of it. And I'm not talking about it in a negative sense. I'm talking about it in a positive sense. We need to be full of the things of God. And Joseph was full of God. And I want to give you a few things that I feel like that I want us to take away today. And one is this, that Joseph was full of hope. In this passage here, he is a prisoner with two other prisoners who were officials for Pharaoh, who is the most powerful man in the known world. They've offended the this man, he's thrown into prison. It's the cupbearer and it's the baker. And they both have dreams. And no one can interpret the dream. And they, Joseph notices their downcast look and asks about it. They speak up. And then Joseph makes this statement. He says, interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Now, if, it seems like he's going to just stop there. But he continues on by saying, go ahead, tell me your dreams. In other words, what he's saying is that it's God's business, but I know God. You see, some people just have an impersonal relationship with God. You can talk about God from a distance. You can reference God about what mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or what you kind of heard at church. But what we need is people who are full of the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. And I know Jesus personally myself. People who can say that at work, say that in the supermarket, say that at home. I know Jesus. Then you have hope. I have found out that people who are full of hope, there's something unique about them and different. One thing is they're content. They're content with where they are while dreaming about where they'll someday be. You see, but most people spend their time moping about where they are, wishing they could be somewhere else. Joseph didn't do that. Joseph, wherever he found himself, was contented where he was. In other words, he knew God was going to bring him out and take him forward, but in the meantime, he was going to make the most of where he was. I remember my college days, there was a period 
uh, for God was speaking to me about being contented in singleness. And there was two to, nearly about two and a half years where I dated nobody. And God was preparing me for the one that I would spend the rest of my life with, but was trying to teach me something about being contented. Contented people dream of a preferred destination, but are faithful and fruitful in their present dilemma. You see, Joseph didn't want to be where he was, but he made the most of where he was. You might not like what's going on in your life, but are you making the most of what's going on in your life? That's key. Another thing about these people that have hope, they help others reach their dreams, knowing that God will give them theirs. You see, in God's kingdom, in God's economy, the way to get your dream is through helping others reach their dreams. And Joseph did that again and again. When he was slave to Potiphar, the scripture says from the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar and his household for Joseph's sake. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph, I'm saying, why, that, why, why does that read, I will bless Joseph for Joseph's sake? No, no, no. But God is using your dilemma. He's using your situation to speak to other people and so that they can know the same God that you know. And so in this scenario here, he's in prison and these two prisoners come. Joseph interprets their dreams for them. One of them, okay, was the baker and his dream was that, you know, you're going to be in three days, um, taken by Pharaoh, impaled on a stick, and hung up for the birds of the air to eat your flesh. I, I, guess, I, I guess he wishes he never even asked. Ignorance is bliss for at least three days. I can enjoy life a little bit more. But the chief cupbearers, his dream was simply this, that you will be restored in three days to your position of honor as Pharaoh's chief cupbearer. And Joseph tells him as he's leaving the prison, he said, will you remember me? I'm wrongly placed in this prison. I did not do the things that were said about me. And would you let Pharaoh know? He thinks that this is his way out. And here's what it says, verse 23. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never given him another thought. Anybody been there before? You're helping other people reach their dreams and they forget about you. You give other people assistance, they turn on you. You help people out, they talk about you. Anyone had this happen to them before? I have. I think all of us have. But here's what Joseph also knew, because he has hope in God. He also knows that there is no human activity that can stop a God dream. He knows that there's no human activity that can stop. He can forget about me, but my God has not forgotten about me. Because he's not on the throne, my God is on the throne. And my God, in his time, he will take care of everything. You gotta hang on to that. You see, you're not responsible for all the events that happen in your life, but you are responsible for your response to the events that happen in your life. You see, I don't regret a lot of what I've went through in life. A lot of my regrets have been how I've went through things in life. And we've gotta be careful how we go through them, realizing that, you know what? God's gonna bring it around. In time, God will. Another thing Joseph was full of is not only hope, but he was full of humility. 
You see, humility understands who one is in the big scheme of things. Humility doesn't let it go to your head. You see, God's plans and purpose aren't for perfect people, they're for humble people. So the chief cupbearer forgot all about Joseph for two years until Pharaoh has a dream and needing people to interpret the dream. And nobody can interpret the dream. And all of a sudden, the chief cupbearer remembers Joseph. Isn't it amazing how we remember those when you know, it works to our benefit? And so he remembers Joseph. He tells Pharaoh. Pharaoh calls for Joseph. He cleans up. He shaves. He goes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him about the dream and says, you know what? I hear that you can interpret dreams and that God is all over you and you can do these things for me. And here's what Joseph says. Joseph says, it's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. Now, come on, Joseph. This is your chance. Come on, Joseph. This is your opportunity. Come on, wouldn't you? Like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept the claim. Yes, I can interpret dreams. Yes, I, I can do that. Oh, oh yes. You, you know, and then it's like, I'm going to make up something if I have to. Come on, Joseph. This is your chance. But no, in that moment... He's still living out his life of humility as he realizes and he acknowledges to the most powerful man in the world, I have not the power to do that. But he doesn't stop there. He continues on, but God. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Here's what you gotta realize. In your humility, you realize that you're nothing, but you also realize, but God has made you someone. In your humility, you realize that you can do nothing, but yet, but God, through him, I can do all things. In your humility, you realize that you cannot make anything happen that's gonna be worthwhile in life, but you know a God who lives inside of you that will make all things turn out for good in your life. I have a friend of mine who's very successful. He has grown several multi-million dollar companies. He sold them off. And his wife has said this multiple times about him. In fact, usually it's in a private setting when it's just us and she will be in that moment and she'll say, he ain't that smart. <laughs> then she'll continue by saying, it's all God. And let me just tell you, you ain't that smart. You ain't that good. You ain't that intelligent. You ain't that good looking, but God. You got anything that's happened positive in your life? Don't take credit for it. Thank God. Praise him. Realize that he's the one that has given you everything that you have in your life. Come on, if you've been healthy right now, don't say, oh, it's all the vitamins I've been taking. It's all of this I've been taking. Yeah, no, those things are good. You need, to, you need to take your vitamins and you need to eat right and you need to exercise and you need to do all those things that you need to be doing. But bottom line is, you need to give credit to God. If you're healthy right now, give glory and praise to God because he is the one that deserves all the glory and all the praise. You see, humble people remember the dream. They remember the dream came from God and only God can fulfill the dream. Humble people are resilient in disappointment. I found out that prideful people, disappointment comes their way, it knocks them down, they can't get up. But it's the humble people, when they are knocked down, they're saying, okay, I may be knocked down, but there's a God who's gonna raise me back up sometime. 
<laughs> Woo. You see, humble people restrain their desires. Have you seen prideful people? You see it on the football field all the time. You see it on the basketball court all the time. You see them walk around in pride as they begin to, but humble people, aren't they refreshing? They restrain their desires. They don't have to boast about themselves. They walk around in a confidence. They walk around in a strength too. They don't walk around all beat down with their head down. They walk around knowing who God is inside of them, realizing that anything that's happened good in me is because of God. I don't have to toot my own horn because God will do the work for me. See, humble people are responsible with their duties. In other words, wherever you find yourself, you're doing whatever you've been given with all of your might. Joseph is thrown out and he's a slave. And what is he doing? He's cleaning toilets. But they were the best toilets on the entire property. When he got done with the job, people started noticing him. You see, that's, that's what humble people do. Humble people do whatever their hands find to do with all their might to bring glory and honor to God. And Joseph was legendary for his humility. He had the good looks. He rose up the ladder again and again. He was successful, but mostly he was humble. And when he interprets the dream to Pharaoh, which is basically this, that there would be seven years of feasting and harvest and abundance, as Pharaoh saw these seven cows coming out of the Nile River, that were just plump and wonderful. And then he saw seven scrawny cows that came out and swallowed up the healthy cows, which represents seven years of an incredible famine that would be worse than anything that they'd ever seen on the face of the planet. And then Joseph tells Pharaoh how you are to administer and to deal with this coming feast and coming famine. And then when he finishes, he finishes with these words. Therefore, Pharaoh, he should find an intelligent and wise man to put in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would have been saying, and Pharaoh, you need to find somebody intelligent and wise as me <laughs> to put in charge of all of this. But he doesn't do it. He resists the temptation of prideful thinking and says, Put somebody in charge. But I'm telling you, when you walk in God's anointing and favor, other people will begin to see it. You don't need to take credit for the dream taking and coming to pass in your life. Matter of fact, I warn you against it. And at the same time, don't take credit and don't take the blame for the bad things happen in your life. Both of them are equally bad. Because I've seen just as many people take the blame for the bad things in their life. Stop doing it. Stop it. And here's the why. Because if you take the blame when bad things are happening, when you do have the dream come to pass, you will accept the responsibility of it. And pride comes before a fall. Be careful. Here's what the Bible says about Joseph. And the Lord was with made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Who made Joseph? The Lord made. Who made you? The Lord made you. Who made you successful at that job? The Lord did. Who, who made it possible that you got that college degree? The Lord did. Who put you in the position that you're in right now? The Lord did. Who, who, who provided the roof over your head right now? The Lord did. 
Who provided you the health and the strength that you have? The Lord did. Don't accept responsibility for what God has given to you. Verse 23 says, the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Who was with him? And who caused? The Lord did. Not you. And the final thing is this, is that Joseph was full, not only of hope and full of humility, but he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. When our kids were growing up, all the way up until they left the home. Almost every night, of course you know how it is when they get teenagers. It doesn't happen quite as much, there's late nights, all these things, but as much as I could throughout the kids growing up, I would find myself by their bed and sometimes in bed with them, praying over them. My son Gavin, Phaedra, Annabeth, when they were small I would always just lay down by them, put my arm around them, and I'd begin to pray over them. I'd pray in the Holy Spirit. And I'd say a lot of things that were unique and specific to them, but I would always say this basic part of my prayer at some point. Lord God, fill them full of the Holy Spirit. Fill them full of the spirit of wisdom to know what's right. Fill them full of the spirit of courage to do what's right even when it's hard. Fill them full of favor with you and with man. And so, I pray that. God, fill Gavin full of the Holy Spirit. God, may Gavin be full of the spirit of wisdom to know what's right. And may Gavin be full of the spirit of courage to do what's right, even when it's hard. And God, give Gavin the spirit of favor with you and with man. Then I'd go over to Phaedra. And I'd put my arms around here. And when I get teenagers, sometimes I'd kneel by their bed or just depend on the scenario. I'd put my arm around her and I'd say, Phaedra. And I'd pray. And then I'd say, God, fill Phaedra full of the Holy Spirit. God, fill her full of the spirit of wisdom to know what's right. God, fill her full of the spirit of courage to do the right thing even when it's hard. And God, give her the spirit of favor with you and with man. Then I'd go over to Annabeth and I'd put my arms around her and I'd pray, God, fill Annabeth full of the Holy Spirit. Fill her full of the spirit of wisdom to know what's right. God, fill her full of the spirit of courage to do what's right even when it's hard. And God, give her full of the spirit of favor with you and with man. And as I look at this story about Joseph, could it be that his dad Jacob prayed a similar prayer over him because what you find in Joseph's life is he was full of the Spirit of God. He was full of wisdom. Everywhere he went, he flowed with wisdom and he rose to the top. Courage? Oh, he stood against everything else that everybody else was doing that was against God and he chose to do what was right even when it was hard. Even when it cost him his position, when it would cost him prison, he did the right thing in spite of what others were doing. Courage. And then he had the spirit of favor because you couldn't keep him down because everywhere he went, people just seen the hand of God on his life and he rose back to the top. Do you realize that Joseph is the first man mentioned in the Bible where the spirit of God is on him? 
the first, the first man. The first man. Now, the Spirit goes all the way back to Genesis chapter number one and verse number two. It says that the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters of the deep. That's the first time mentioned. That word spirit there, the word God, that we take God as Elohim, which is the Hebrew word, which is deity, which speaks to, translated into the English as God. But the word spirit there is ruach. Ruach means to breathe. It means life giving energy. Throughout the Hebrew Bible, it is used in multiple avenues, but every single time, it was something flowing from Elohim, from God, the breath of God flowing through. And this is the first person that it's mentioned in the Bible that the breath of God was upon. Later was another man, and he was good with his hands, creating a craftsy guy, helping out Moses, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. But notice this, verse 38, Pharaoh notices this. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Ruach, from Elohim. The waters of the deep, the Spirit of God. Chapter number two, God makes man out of the dust of the ground. Man is a statue. You know what God does? Elohim. Breathes in the nostrils of man and man becomes a living being. Chapter number six. Sin is rampant. God is about to destroy the earth with the flood. He destroys the earth, but he makes this statement. He said, my spirit will not always, my ruark will not always be with man. And then you've got Joseph, full of the Spirit. How many want to be full of the Spirit? No, do you really want to be full of the Spirit? Because you cannot be full of the Spirit living life the way you want to live life. You are full of the Spirit when you live life according to God's plans and His ways for your life. Joseph was full of the Spirit because he was with the Lord. Everywhere he went, he was with the Lord. And so many times the Lord is just a part of our life that we kind of squeeze in on a weekend to go and worship if it all works out for us. But no, 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 no. If you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, it has to be every day when you wake up. It says, God, will you breathe into me the breath of life? Fill me full of your Holy Spirit. As you're driving down the road, you're lifting your hands and you're praying with your eyes open. You're watching and praying. And you're saying, God, fill me full of your Holy Spirit. Elohim, fill me with your Holy Spirit. When you show up to church, it's not just something you're sipping your coffee and just getting through the worship experience. No, you put that down. You lift those hands and say, God, will you fill me? Breathe on me today. Breathe on me today. When the word of God is being preached, you know what? You're not just sitting there just kind of like, oh, I'm just thinking about my list to do and making my list that I want to do after church. No, you are saying, God, speak to me because I want to be full of your Holy Spirit. I want you to consume my life, God. Fill us, Lord. 
Fill us, Lord. Gathering in Oklahoma City. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for him to breathe on you? Where's your hope? If your hope is in this world, in the things of this world, in the systems of this world, you're gonna be, you're going to be greatly disappointed. But if your hope is in God, you will walk in a confidence, a humble confidence, and you will be filled more and more with his Holy Spirit. If you want more of his Holy Spirit to fill your life, just lift your hands right now and stand to your feet. Set those things down around you and just soak in right now what God is wanting to breathe into your life. If you need Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that if you will just simply confess your sins, you feel the knock on your door, call out to him. You know what happens at salvation? The breath of the Holy Spirit breathes on you and makes you a new creation. But the breath of the Lord is continuous. He baptizes in his spirit with fire. Every day we are to walk in his spirit, breathing in the breath of God. The breath of God. Breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us, Lord. Fill this place, Lord. Fill us right now with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, God. Come on, right now, cry out to God. Fill us, Lord. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. I want more of you, Lord. I I need more of you, God. I cannot make it without you, God. I must have more of you, Lord. Fill me, Father. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me with more of your Spirit. Fill me full of hope, God. Humility, God. Fill me full of your Holy Spirit, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that I pray that right now, individuals, as your hands are still lifted, just soaking up, Spirit, fill us. Fill us. We need you. No one looking around. Just soak in. Just soak in what God is doing. Soak in what God is doing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Our prayer team is making themselves available. If you want somebody to pray with you, they'll come. Please come. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Be it done. Amen.